Well, welcome to Systemize Your Success. And today I'm here with Daniel Viduya. He has joined me from Support Zebra and he is the, the director of growth for that company. And today I'm actually, I'm excited about this. I really am because he works for a company which is based in the Philippines and helps businesses to outsource all of their support and their technical. And we're going to get into details in a minute. But I love what I love most about this and reading about their company and about the the, the brief that Daniel gave me before he came on is about the culture that, that company has and their work ethic and how they build teams. And so we're going to dive into that as well. This is going to be a, a fantastic episode, massive amounts of value I, I know is going to come from this. And it's something that I think that um, is going to benefit anybody who has a business who struggles like I do in just getting you know brilliant people to do their customer support and their technical support. And I think a lot more besides. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me today, Steve. I'm glad to be here. Cool. Do you want to give us just a, you know, a two-minute history of you, where you've come from, and you know, what's what's brought you into this industry and, and, and your, your position at SportsEvera? Absolutely. Um, originally from the Philippines, I now live in Mexico. That is my new home. Um, I have been in this industry in the field of service and support for... <laughs> That just hit me like a uh, like a train. Now I've been here for more than a decade. I've been here. I've been working in this industry since I was eighteen. I'm now twenty nine. So for eleven or twelve years, I have been doing this. Um, so what really brought me into this is what ha- it's been internalized. You know, I started with this when I was a at a young age. I was aspiring to become a doctor, but then I decided that you know I've been in this field for so long. I find it to be a passion of mine. So I decided that it was you know it was nice to dream of becoming a doctor, but I also thought to myself that helping people and another way apart from just becoming a surgeon was through the you know the heart of giving customer service and that's why i'm here today as the head of growth for support zebra okay fantastic now support zebra is a bpo so a business process um, outsourcing agency and i've worked with people in the philippines for many many years and um, a number of those come from actually most of them um at some time i've worked for those sorts of businesses and you know i hope i know you won't mind me saying this but some of those businesses don't have a very good reputation and you know the the idea of um people working extremely long hours for very little uh gratitude for their work um very uh words that are often used by my staff is you know toxic environments or just people basically just out for themselves or trying to keep their jobs and doing anything they can to hit their targets um and what i loved about reading about your company about support zebra was it seems like that's that's quite the opposite of the way you guys work and so do you want to yeah, how how have you achieved that in an industry where the norm is 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 sometimes not the most rosy so what have you done differently and what have you learned from that and what you can you share with with you know us people who maybe even if we're not um if we're building our own teams how what can we learn from the lessons that you've got from from changing the 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 way that that sort of business works absolutely um you know 
you don't have to apologize about saying the, the truth here. And that is the truth. Um, a lot of the call centers that we know that we've heard are truly toxic. And I don't mean to disparage them. Sorry, it's just factual from my own experience. I came from many big call centers. One of them, the, the uh, one of them was in fact a multi-global call center, but then it was very toxic. Not only was it um very not not only was it, you know, I felt not only did I feel underappreciated, but I was in fact um framed to some point, which really um caused um, a lot of issues for me. But you know, let's not dwell on that. I think the the better answer here is what makes support zebra different is the support zebra promise to care for one another, to care for people. So I'd like to share more of this because um yesterday we had our year end party and you know, the pandemic has caused many things to shut down and the company party was not possible the last two or three years, but yesterday became a possibility now that everyone was vaccinated, now that a pandemic is coming to an end and COVID is just becoming a part of our normal lives. We celebrated the year party with so much gratitude that the co-founder and the, you know, the founder, the CEO and the managing director had one main word in the in, in, in their message. It was the term humility, meaning that we don't see what is above as our own, but we see each other to be our own, to be of the same level. Whether you're an ambassador, whether you're a manager, whether you're an owner, you are a human being. So to care for one another, to show that respect for one another, it's just vital because you have to have that humility. Because no matter where you are, what you are, how many, how much money you earn, that is not going to matter when you are a human being. So that's what Support Zebra stands by and stands for. And as I was sitting there in the year party yesterday and watching some of the videos of the the Zeal program of Support Zebra, the Zeal program is um, a program that a company has created where they grant simple wishes that employees have made to ease their burdens in life. Like some of them have wished for a certain item that they've been longing for, like a repair of the house and and such. You know, the company grants these wishes so that you know it could it, it could help them out. It's like a it's like a it's like a make a wish program. But that's not what astounded me because that was something that was really impressive to me. But that's not what really made me fall off my seat. What made me fall off my seat and be in tears, which ruined my mascara and makeup because it was a mascara party, was um, when I started crying. And that was because some of these employees here, um, Steve, like regular employees, um, one of them made a wish for their team leader. So they saw that their team leader was working hard, um, extending some hours here because apparently the, the team leader's mother was in the hospital and they had to pay some medical, pay off some medical bills. And so the team leader was extending some, doing some overtime to try to bring that hospital bill down. And when they saw that he was really struggling, they wrote a letter all together. And that one person, you know, that one person led it and said that support Zebra, we've seen our TL. He's been so good to us. He's been teaching us. He's been guiding us. But at the same time, he's also getting very tired, you know, and, and we see his burden. And instead of making a wish for ourselves, we want to make a wish for him if you can help him with his mother's hospital medical bills and so that's what they did they drove to the hospital they carried a certificate that 
informed the team leader that he was a recipient of the ZEAL program to help his with his mother's medical expenses. And so that culture of caring for one another, I've never seen that in another call center. When you're in another call center, you would see people making wishes or making, you know, thinking of themselves alone, but they really don't think of others. But this was the exact opposite with these people. Another in the ZEAL program was when a, when um, a person, um, an employee made a wish, not for herself, but made a wish for her neighbor who was not a member or an employee support zebra, but simply like she was my spiritual daughter. I see that she's struggling to make ends meet for her family. I'm a mother myself. I know how it feels. And I would like to give her the opportunity to make a living yet be able to take care of her children and so support Zebra. I wish that he could give her a business package that would allow her to sell some things from her house without her having to leave the house so she could take care of her children. And so support Zebra drove all the way to her house, you know, and um, and awarded her the ZEAL program. Even if she was not an employee, we granted that wish because that's what an employee wished. So long and short of things here, employees care for one another regardless of what level you have, regardless of who you are, regardless of the relationship you have, maybe blood, maybe by blood or by spirit, they care for one another. And that's what has made this culture so great. And that's why I said to myself, even if Support Zebra is a small company, I'm proud to be a part of this company because now I see that my mission here is to, you know, is to bridge that and make that even more possible for more employees. And I'm excited to be a part of a company that for once I see has not just cared for themselves, but has truly cared for one another. Wow. I'm, I'm almost speechless, but I've got to keep talking. That's fantastic. I mean, really, really. Um, one of our company values, one of our, our core values in our company um, is about being a team. And it's actually, we are a team and and I'll read to you here. So we understand that success is only possible when you work as part of a team, share knowledge, work and responsibilities, but also that we look out for each other and value family, health and happiness. And since I introduced that value into our business and we talk about our values on a weekly basis, it's, you know, that's why I absolutely love that story because it's, I talk about values a lot in this podcast about how important it is to actually really spend some time feeling what's important to you, what's important to your staff and involve your staff in the process of thinking about what you, what the whole company is going to stand for. But since introducing that particularly, I've just seen a transformation in my small, very small team. And I see you, you say you're a small team, but you, how many employees that support Zebra? Right okay. now we're at, um, near, I would say nearly a thousand. Yeah. So for, a thousand. for many people listening to this, that's probably not so small. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're, I'm, I have seven employees, for example. And so, so, but even on what, so I think that's, but, but a very nice thing to think about that, even at the scale that I'm at now, but also at the scale that you're at in, you know, a thousand employees that that can still that, that, that sense of, um, just respecting one another, caring for one another, actually really being a team and not just in hearsay. Oh yeah, we're a team. Great. Let's all no, actually really, what does that actually mean? And I think that story you just shared is one that we can all take lessons from. If we could build, if I could build a culture, I mean, I think I'm on the track for that, but that you know, those stories are remarkable. And um, I hope that when I get to the size that support Zebra is now, that I still manage to maintain that because that goes beyond me. I can't possibly be engaging with every team member at the level I do now when I've got a thousand staff. 
And so that's well, I think that, Steve, it me. is going to be possible. I think you can make that possible because the purpose of the ZEAL program was to help them make it make them realize that they too can pay it forward. And that's what exactly happened here. When I told you earlier that one of the recipients was not even an employee who supports Zebra, it was a complete stranger to us, but was a spiritual daughter of our employee. The person, the recipient said, look, thank you for extending this opportunity to me. And I will work hard that one day I will help other people have this opportunity as well. So it was an automatic paid forward. There was this movie um, back in the days. So it was a young kid who just said paid forward. And, you know, everyone started paying it forward. And so that can happen too. I know that can happen with you when, when you ask people to pay forward when they can. That's not that they have to pay for it. It's just when they can. It's it's natural for them. And so I'm positive that you too, you too can build a culture like that. So it's, you know, it, it's, yes, we are family. Um, Support Zebra has been a family. Um, Cabrián de Oro, unfortunately, was one of the places that was badly struck by a storm um, last year. So apart from the pandemic, a storm hit the city. Um, it flooded the entire city um, and employees were stranded. And so we treated this building that we were in as a brick house. The, Literally, our managing director rode on a boat and um, started picking up employees with that rescue boat, and we brought them to the office. We brought beds and extra beds and facilities, relief boots, everything into the office so that this can be a brick house for everyone to stay in, to be a safe place to be in until the flood subsided. And so until now, we've moved into a new building, but we remembered yesterday in the year and party the boat that our leaders wrote in to rescue those employees and that has been a strong memory to us and so i could literally tell you i ruined my mascara yesterday my face paint was ruined from all the crying yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> oh fantastic um wow i mean you know i think it, it's something to, to to aspire to and just it, it gives me hope that that it is possible and um, i mean I've, sp I've spoken to a number of people about about values i know that's not the everything we want to talk about today, but it it seems to come back there so often that it makes me realize that the more people I speak to, the more successful business I speak to, um, they they've realized this and they've taken it not just to heart, just for the sake of having some values stuck on the wall in the office or on the website, you know, to attract customers who like may resonate with it. It's actually this is something about the way you live and the way you you act, even when no, when no one's watching. And I think that's that's the difference. It's like you don't have to do these things and that's that's when it matters is when you don't have to do it and you do it anyway um and that yes. sounds very much like the culture that you've got so yeah brilliant work we can talk about the technical things for sure i could give you solid numbers i can give you solid action plans i could be as technical as you want me to be in terms of how we could execute our performances to, to you know to a team so that we could really expect great revenue but then it all boils down to your actions and your values you know it all boils down to the authenticity of how much you truly care for your customers because customers these days and with the technology that exists these days have become more knowledgeable about how you truly sound over the phone and when a customer feels that you're only saying this because they're part of your paycheck 
they will truly know that they're not they're not inept to that they will truly know that and they also reciprocate to that attitude by increasing their resistance what i mean by that is if your customers feel that you're cut and dry and you're only doing that phone call because you're part of that paycheck or that's just a transaction for the day then they're not going to open up to you matter of fact they might even badmouth the company that you represent and that just you know turns out to be another disaster in the waiting it truly is the, you know, that truly is the expectation nowadays. And so when you want to provide great service, you could have all the knowledge you have in the world to resolve the customer's concern. But when you don't have that value of caring for your customers, when you don't have that culture of authenticity or, you know, of truly caring for what it feels to be in their shoes, that's just bad business right there. Sorry to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean to be, um, prejudice to other companies out there, I'm not saying any company in specific. It is just the truth from my own experience and from when I was on that seat itself, myself too. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And um, yeah, it needs to be said sometimes. So well done. <laughs> Um, let's actually though, you, you talk about, you know, technical details and stuff. And, and I, and I hundred uh-huh. percent agree with you that, that, that it all, no matter what your targets are and what you know what your performance is like if you're actually doing it for the wrong reasons it's not going to last and so with all that said though and i think one of the things that we i've i've struggled with i know that people that have, have hired uh customer service people that we've worked with their clients that we work with um is about how to actually measure the the performance of somebody working customer service other than just saying you know customer satisfaction score like what else do you do how do you put measures in place to see you know are are the other people in your company living up to the values or are they performing in a way that you want them to how does that side of things work is is it measurable is it tangible or is it is it something that's more more um i can't think of the word but different from that let's just say Yes, it is tangible. Sometimes it sounds that it's intangible, but it is tangible. And allow me to give you a few steps or tricks here to make that tangible for your business. Number one is defining your metrics. It is very important. I've spoken to many, so, you know, I've spoken to so many e commerce, SaaS brands, pretty much a big saturation of brands in all industries and the bigger problem here is not about just tracking csat or you know it's it's about defining your metrics and kpis because there is no fixed set of kpis and metrics per industry or per business sometimes it can truly vary because our customers can have a different temperament they could have a different opinion they can have a different way of thinking so these metrics have to be defined that's number one what metrics can you define for example you have your csat as the most popular nps can you, you expect, also have explain your... what that means for for listeners might not understand it yes um, CSAT or customer satisfaction is where customers will define. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's customer satisfaction. NPS is net promoter score, where they also define their satisfaction at a certain level between one to 10, um, nine and 10 being the passing standard, seven to eight being the passive standard, and then one to six being the that, failing standard. Is that basically um, the, the promoter score? Is that how likely are you to recommend? To refer, score? yes, to recommend someone to your brand to someone that they know that's what NPS is. Um, 
You also can define your first call, first email, or first chat resolution, meaning that for a specified period, say for example, in two days, the customer must not call, chat, or email us back about the same concern, or for another concern for that matter. That's another metric that you can define. Um, other metrics you can define that is a little more subjective, but still um, a lead measure, when you say lead measure indicating performance, you know, what might the result might be is going to be quality. You also have your average handling time, meaning how long did it take for you to resolve the concern. Um, for some customers, I've also seen them um, define their KPIs under, um, there was quality, HT. There was another one. It's looked right off my brain, but it was right there. We'll, we'll, we'll have to come like back to that. And, yes, it's, 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 it's there. But you have to define those metrics. Once you define those metrics, then the second part of defining those metrics is to learn how to document and track these metrics. You can use systems for these cases, like say, for example, for customer satisfaction, or net promoter scores, you can use systems um, that, you know, there are some affordable systems out there, um, like there was, um, you see, I'm, 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 I'm for proprietary, like I, I, I don't wanna mention them, but um, there was Gladly, I think was sending one system, but you have paid systems out there that you can use to um, track your customer satisfaction or NPS. And then you also have um, for, for average handling time, you have systems like um, Kronos and um, Nice, but these are more of the advanced tools. But basically by tracking the metrics that you have right here, you're able to make that tangible and document that in this time frame between week one to week two, say for example, this has been your average handling time in terms of average handling time, or between week one and week two, your customers have called back in the same number of times because of this reason, right? Or between week one and week two, your customers have had the same temperament in terms of your resolution. And for quality standards, this is what you've been observing so far. By documenting these, you're able to then show your, you know, your people and your business is like, what is it that is it that is you need to adjust? What it is that you need to create in terms of action plans to improve um, the metrics you have. So that's the documentation side. I'm, I'm, I really apologize if I don't know the name of the tools right now. It's just that there's a myriad of them and I don't want hey, to sound okay. like I'm promoting a tool, you know, out of, out of my own. But now that you have your documentation and your tracking, then comes the next step, which is your action plan. This is where the smart action plans come into place now. Now, in terms of your smart action plans, when I say smart, I'm going to break that down. It is smart means S for specific, M for measurable, A for attainable, R for relevant, and T for time bound. When you make your action plans based on the documented um, metrics that you have, it has to be in a smart format. When it's not in the smart format, what normally happens here is that sometimes you can see the results and then it starts falling off the pace again. Or sometimes you see some progress, but it's like an up and down thing. It's like a, it's like a roller coaster basically is what it is. That's what happens when you don't create smart action plans. By making your action plans smart, 
what happens here is that you get to have a form of follow through and accountability for every individual so that as you track as you go back again it's like it's, it's as you go back and track how your, your actual plans are going and as you document things you get to see okay so this is how we're progressing so far by doing so you're able to know if you're going to be able to achieve your target or if something needs to be adjusted in advance to achieve that target yeah totally i mean it's smart something i actually learned about in um in medical training and it's how we set all of our accountability goals for uh, whatever we were working on at the time with whatever part of training i was in and um it really changes the way you look at achievement of tasks and i think the most important one for me is is time bound and so maybe well first of all that it's actually measured but second is the time bound so you, you're trying to mm -hmm. hit a, a particular result whatever that is but you're doing so by a particular time and day it's not just like in two weeks i will have done this because two weeks never happens it's a silly it's a mind it's a, it's sort of a mindset thing but if you say on the 14th of july at 12 p.m i will have achieved this then there's a date that's that's setting exactly. down it can't move and and so therefore it becomes less much harder to sort of push it back whether if you say, oh, my targets for 2023 are this or my targets for next year. And so I think for me, like that's that's the most powerful part of the SMART, um, SMART acronym, if you like, the SMART, SMART goal setting method methodology that really makes the biggest difference to our team as well. So we use this all the time. So I'm, I'm, I'm very um, familiar with it, but also know how powerful it can be if done right. We, we have, for example, talking about back to values, we do... Um, uh, a values assessment, not assessment. We have a values accountability. Sorry, each week as part of our team meeting, and we we say, um, "How are you going to live by your? How are you going to live by the values that we have in the business this next week? And what are your smart goals for showing that you achieved it?" Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all behind this. <laughs> um, one thing you said you um, mentioned about is tracking as well. So so looking at targets, etc. And I think one of the, the there are a couple of things that like you mentioned about like fancy tools and things you can use but mm -hmm. i know for us when we started out we had nothing more than a spreadsheet or mm -hmm. um if you've got like some crms and you're doing your calls through your crm you can often track how long that call has been or, or whatever most mm -hmm. companies are using some sort of calling tools so there's simple ways you can do this without even having to to go all out and then all i typically do is get one of my my team so typically my virtual assistants my virtual staff um to actually just put those in a spreadsheet make a graph out of them and it takes a few minutes to do um and then during our doing a de departmental meetings you can actually see the trend and that's the key like even today we had a they presented some data to me it's just a long list of numbers and i just said that's actually not very helpful thank you very much for the data but i can't see the trend i can't see are we improving where was it compared to last month is it going Absolutely. You know, down? And, and like that's what makes the difference. I think, like with if we if I can take some of those brilliant ideas you had before about the metrics, and then you track them over time and look back at them. It's a simple thing, but you know I know it's something that I didn't do in the early days that, that has made a big difference to us now. It is definitely a challenge. Um, matter of fact, um, some of our clients present the same challenge that he mentioned 
um, right now. You know, some of our partners mentioned that same challenge. And what we do here is that we try to empower them by being able to use a tool that is affordable. Again, I don't want to draw a name. I know what tool it is that I mentioned right now, but we've, we've encouraged them. You can um, mention, there's no, there's no problem in mentioning. Yeah. I mean, I mention apps and tools all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, like, say, for example, a lot of them say, you know, we, we our email, we just use Gmail right now. That's all we use um, in terms of our ticketing system. Our chat is, you know, when we, we try, they try to chat with us directly on Facebook, we said, well, Gorgeous can help you with that. I said, you, you could try using Gorgeous. Gorgeous is actually um, an affordable tool. It doesn't break your bank, but it also allows you to streamline processes. By using these simple tools, what we do here is that we use people, as you mentioned, we use our team members, or you could use your own team members to access the dashboards, create customizable reports. Either you could pull it from the system or you could create one on your own, whichever it is that you might find most useful, you can go ahead and do that. And by creating this dashboard, you don't just jot down data, you have to create graphs and reports and trends that is based on the types of data that you have to be able to make those predictions, forecasts, analyses, and analyze data so that you could also come up with more concrete action plans. So that's what exactly our team members are doing right now for some of our partners. We have a reports and you know, analytics department that is exclusively dedicated for that. We have our workforce department that also extracts reports, but we work all together to create these customizable reports, whether it's us or you doing this on your own, you can definitely do it. It is a best practice that we share with you. And I mentioned when I say that we definitely analyze reports and we use simple Excel spreadsheets for this, or if you want to make it fancy bit, you could also use Power BI if you wish to, or Data Studios, it's free of charge. Okay, cool. And no, I like app recommendations. Is that I don't think you're plugging anything. It's just it's people okay. like to know people like to know what people use and you know whether they oh, do yeah. up to that. But yeah, no, so fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for those. Um I so just just let's have a look at like the practical side of working with a company like yours because you know for us, for example, so I'm a, I'm a relatively small company and um and but I still had this need. Now we're getting to this the point now where literally the next person I'm hiring is a customer support manager or client support manager. And there's a, a role in my company um to be a technical support, both both through chat, but also actually jumping on the phone and helping people out. Um so those sort of roles now are starting to creep in and being more and more important because mm. Ultimately, when you're starting out as a business, it's the business owner often doing a lot of those things. But at some point, you realize that look, you've got to get out your own way, and you've got to actually hand that over. And I think that like if if like me, for example, I was coming to you as a as, as a client, I think my concerns would be like, how do your guys going to know what to say? Like this is you know my company and and. You know, these are the way that I've been teaching this stuff, or my company's been handling this internally. But how then would 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 an outside agency be able to come in and help me do this stuff? Like, what do you say when people say that sort of thing? That's a genuine concern. Uh, absolutely, it, it is a genuine concern, and it is a concern that I've not faced. It's it's it's, it's not my first time hearing that concern. It is a concern <laughs> sure. almost every single time. And my answer to that is, it's it's, it's simple. We don't find our, we don't see ourselves to be an external provider. Even if we are technically an external provider, we're not. We make ourselves internalized for you. Meaning that however, you know, like how 
like how are critical your processes are is how we consider it to be critical as well. You really find this critical. We also find that critical. So we do everything we can in our power to make sure that we learn your processes to the team and execute that with perfection, with your permission and with your visibility to make sure that we can train your, your resources, the one that you're outsourcing to us, to the TINA standard that you expect. So how do we do that? We have a training department, we have training managers, we have instructional, you know, we have trainers who are specialized with instructional design. We have all these people to be able to support the knowledge that you need to impart to your new team members so that not only do you have something that is executable in the first day or in the first time, but also in the future as you need to scale your team. And I'm not sharing, I'm not sure, and I'm sharing this with everyone here and with our listeners right now, not because I'm simply trying to say that this is what Support Zebra has, but this is also something that you can implement on your end. You need to hire a training manager or trainers that specialize in instructional design and training so that as you scale your team members, as you scale your people, you would have the training team that can definitely support that exponential growth, number one. Number two is that with Support Zebra, we support our partners and our clients by not just training people manually, but we also help them create playbooks and processes, meaning that a lot of the clients or partners that come to us don't even have a playbook set up. And when we find out that they don't have one set up, we build one for them. We set up one for them through our training and operations team. We help set up the playbook because that playbook then in the future becomes a potential resource center, a North Star, a Bible, if I dare say, for some of your, you know, for some of your agents so that they can have the consistent resource or source of truth to count on when resolving customer concerns. And you too can implement this internally. You have to build the playbook. You have to build the resource center because the knowledge cannot always stay internalized. When you're a one-man show, when you're a 10, 10 employee brand that you're, you know, when, when you're running your customer service, yes, it is possible to keep this knowledge in mind. It's possible to keep it internalized. But when you want to scale your business, when you want to scale your growth, assigned to that growth and a requirement, a component to that growth is documenting your processes and also imparting this knowledge with a dedicated team so that you don't have to worry about having to scale this in the future. Or when you do write, when you were already scale, you have what it takes to be able to scale. Music to my ears. I don't know how much you know about exactly about what, what we do as a business, but we basically help companies create playbooks for their operational side of their business. Oh, uh, that sounds fantastic. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and for doing and for doing sort of asynchronous support via email and chat and that sort of thing. So um uh so email sorry email and some messaging and things like that. So we 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 are all over that. Um and absolutely, you know, when you when you were speaking then you know you couldn't come and work for me and promote what we do because you know it, it's just like having the ability to get stuff out of people's heads and down the way that other people can use is the only way, not only to scale your business, just to protect your business. You know, and, and if any business I listen to this, I mean, I've been in this position sadly more than once and a key member of staff leaves for, for no, maybe no fault through no fault of your own as a business owner. They just have a, you know, a different path in their life they want to take. And um, it can be devastating for a business unless they're actually just like they can be brilliant in their job and they can do it at a very high level. But actually what they're doing needs to not be, 
you know, just just purely based on skill and 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 expertise. It's got to be a, something that's actually reproducible and therefore scalable. And that's where the, we call it the operations the manual, the SOP, the operations manual, the play, but whatever name or tag you want to give it, it's that, it's that it document, that, that exactly. one source yes. of truth. This is how it, this is how it's done, is done in our company. So yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's so funny, Steve, because a lot of brands, because they feel that they're small, that they don't even deserve to have a playbook. They say, oh, no, we're just small. Our customer service is robust. Or our customer service, you know, we feel like it's still okay for now. They feel like they either don't deserve it or they just don't feel that they really need it to create a playbook. But the fact is they do because when when that time comes that they do want to grow, sometimes it's too late for them to create a playbook and they find themselves to be rushing. And so they're trying to resolve these concerns and they just have a huge customer base now. And everyone has a different opinion and say about how to resolve a concern. Like one of them is like, yeah, sure, you're eligible for a refund. And they call back later. It's like, no, you're not eligible for a refund. It just becomes, you know, a whole new mess right there. And so I'm definitely, you know, um, I am really um, an advocate to creating processes and playbooks and manuals, whatever it is that they call it, because it is that one source of truth that brings scalability, but also consistency for all customers. Absolutely, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, and the, but the one thing that, because again, the size of our company and we've, we've never done um, a live version of support before. Um, so we've never had live chat, we've never had phone chat, you know, but this is something I want to introduce in the new, in, in 2023. And um, so this is this is a new field to me totally. So I'm really excited about actually um, speaking to you after this, <laughs> and uh, and and finding out a bit more, a bit going into a bit more detail about your company and what you what you how you can help because because yeah. every now I'm I feel I'm very good at, at operational side of business of of basically systemizing pretty much anything that that from a technical aspect from a from a just getting things done aspect, but the customer servicing is something I've never done. And so it's always been this little sort of like, like black hole in my knowledge that I've never quite put the time and effort, I guess, into actually trying to figure it out. And I don't have a background in that, so to speak. I mean, I guess as a doctor, you get quite good at talking to people and uh, you get trained, trained in that, but it's slightly different when you're actually doing customer service. And, you know, I've, uh, oh, I've, spoken, I've spoken to enough people as a customer in my life to know how, how differently one can feel coming off the other end of those calls as a, as a client when you've been dealt with, like you said before, you've been dealt with and you felt like you're just a piece in the puzzle. You're just a, another pawn that's getting moved around the board or you've been listened to. The person's taken on board, they've empathized with you, they've actually addressed your biggest concern and they're going to do something about it even if they can't resolve it then. And then they get back to you. Like all those simple things. but building that into you know that culture that 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 mentality that and the playbook to go with it that's quite i think quite a, a big undertaking for for most small businesses like myself it's just the, the time effort uh, you know like like most things in business it's not that like business owners is one of those um uh, challenges of being a business owner is we we all believe we can do everything and we all we all believe we can do it really well and so that yes. actually puts us off sometimes reaching out to get expert help because we think, oh, I'll get round to it when I put some time and effort into it. I'll, I'll get it done, and I, and I, you know, I'll hold my hands up. I believe that I could create a a decent customer service um, system, but it would probably take me a couple of years of trial and error. And and I always say to people, like, you know, you've got to weigh up the cost benefit of this. 
And if I could just now at this stage, yes, I have yeah. I have much higher value things to do in my business now than start going back and like learning how to become a customer service expert. I either hire in a you know a professional customer service expert who's got the expertise and and all the costs and the red tape and the and the the liability of doing that, or reach out to someone like yourself and actually um you know get that knowledge that expertise without the you know the ongoing commitment. If you know for whatever reason my financials change, it's not like. Um, I've now got somebody's one person's livelihood. I've, there's so many reasons why I love outsourcing. Um, and I'd be honest with you, I'd never thought of uh, of doing it this way before in the way that you do it. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm excited. And I think people listening to this might, hopefully they'll also be excited about the possibilities. What, what sort of, what's the smallest end of the companies that you typically work with? And obviously you go back quick, but what's the biggest end? What's the sort of the scope and, 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 yeah, who do you like? Who does the company like working with? Um, the smallest end um, in terms of us taking is we've taken a sm- even a smallest headcount of three people to start with. That's the smallest end that not we have, but we are still taking. So we're still taking clients. You need a smallest headcount to start with three. And the biggest headcount we have right now is, ooh, Lord. we have 300 people as the biggest headcount for one um partner so that's that's your three of your people working for a client or is it that they have three people in their business in total oh no in terms of we have three people working for a client and this client is probably a size of 10 yeah 10 yeah 10 so the three people that they have are the part of the customer service team and they're um a 10 um 10 man or 10 um 10, 10 employee count size in terms of the business. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And and what does, how does one like go about this? How does one approach you guys and, and what's the, the, the first steps that you, you go through? What's the typical questions you would ask someone that approached you um, that you make you think, you know, Oh, I'll tell you what, what are the answers someone would give you or the questions that's what you'd ask, what the answers someone would give you to make you think this is, this is someone I want to work with. Yeah. Um, in terms of them asking the, I literally don't like bad. So I'm, I'm just going to say this out there because I, I want to be honest about this. I don't like banting people in the very beginning. Honestly, I don't. And so the typical question I only ask is, what would you like to discuss with regards to your customer service right there? It sounds like a waste of my time. It's like a gamble, but it doesn't matter to me because if I find out that we're not a fit together, I can, and I am able to refer you to a brand that might be able to help you. So I don't even ask about the headcount or such. I only ask you a simple question. What is it that you need? Do you need help with your customer service? Do you need help with your technical support? What challenges are you facing? That's that. If I find out that you need sales development, I know sales development. I know several sales development companies that can definitely help you. If you feel that you only need, um, bookkeeping and accounting or outsourced bookkeeping and accounting, I can definitely refer you to the right company as well. Although we also have a special section for that, but if I feel that you only need part-time or, or whatnot, I have the right company to be able to refer you to that. I only ask a simple question because I think that as a human being, you deserve to be heard. And you don't, I don't, I don't want to triage you or classify you without really being able to help you anyways. So I just ask a simple question. What is it that you're looking for? How can I help you? And then when I find out that you do need customer service and you're in our you're in our profile, then I will let you know. If I feel if I if I feel or see that you don't fit our criteria, I don't shoot you down and say no. 
I'd rather say, look, you're experiencing this problem. I know that you could resolve, you know, there, here are some tips Tracy could definitely, you know, take to resolve this problem, but I can also refer you to a brand that I've worked with or I know that can help you with this concern. So they could just send me a LinkedIn message or send me an email or book a call with me through the website. I'm, I'm there. I, I, I really will not cancel a call or turn away a call. Cool. And if anyone interested, we will put the, the link on the uh, show notes as always, but it's just supportzebra.com, exactly how it sounds. No hyphen or anything, just supportzebra.com. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've got to touch on this, which is, um, and again, I, I know because um, I, I, you said you've mentioned this in the old notes, actually, that, that you were quite interested in talking about this, and I definitely am. But are you scared of AI and the effect that is going to have on customer service or maybe not scared but what are your thoughts on the future of customer service with the you know the advent of apps like for example last week um on my on the live podcast which will probably be released sometime around this podcast in the new year um the i i did a a, a demo of open ai so elon musk's new new uh um, AI tool, and I actually produced a podcast, and then got it, got another app Descript to read it in my own voice, and actually mm-hmm. uh, do the whole podcast live without me opening my mouth, and um, and so the the ability of, of ability might be the wrong word the um, the artificial intelligence how fast that is that is creeping up the and, the capability. Uh, mm-hmm. and you, and you can ask such incredibly like technical questions that like chatbots especially. Like it, it, it's it's no longer a case of having to program a chatbot. You can just switch one on and it'll be able to answer. Now I've got fears about this uh, and about you know, the potential risks of that. Um, but do you see it as a threat? Do you see it as a, 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 in some way some advantages that are going to help you or hinder you? And what are your thoughts on it? I have not had spot. I will tell you, I don't have any fear of it at all. I don't. And I will explain to you why. I'm not afraid of AI for these reasons. AI was still built by human beings. AI is an extension of our thinking. AI is an extension of our knowledge. When the IBM was created um, back then for NASA, and the IBM was meant to replace the human calculators um, back then, no one knew how to run the IBM or control it or make it behave until one of the human calculators, the supervisor supposedly um, started studying Fortran and decided to fix the IBM. And when they did, NASA realized that they couldn't let go of the calculators, but instead decided to use the human calculators to run the IBM. And it's the exact same concept right now. The human calculators were afraid of the IBM because they thought that they'd be replaced by that. In this day and age, we're afraid that AI will replace us. But the thing is, we made AI. And so someone has to run AI in the background. And so we shouldn't be afraid of AI because it cannot replace us. It can replace some of the tasks we're doing. But we need to be running AI in the background. We need to be controlling it. We need to be teaching it how it behaves. We need to be um, studying it so that it doesn't ruin the experience that our customers have. That's number one. Number two is, in terms of our longevity and how long can we live, 
I don't think AI is still at that age where it's going to have a mind of its own and really be able to move or even, you know, you know, like make decisions for itself. It's not yet there. We might be dead and it's only by 200 years from when we are dead that that might happen. So it's not a concern for me, honestly. But still, um, going here, when you listen to AI, when you when you hear an AI speak, it really sounds bizarre because it can sound like your voice. It can sound like it's it's talking for you. But the question is, in that time that you were listening to yourself, Steve, running, you know, that AI running a podcast, did you feel any authentic emotion coming from that AI? Did you feel any empathy or resonance to the emotion that your cast speaker was probably saying? Or was it still obvious that it wasn't AI? No, absolutely not. And, you know, that you've hit it on the head for me that it, it, in that example it sounded like i was a very bored stephen reading out of a you know a, a book without with a very monotone it, no it wasn't quite monotone it, it does have it, and it will get better but it, it's there was no emotion or empathy. the word yeah exactly the word the words that really sound that uh came uh, spoke to me there when you were speaking were empathy and an emotion in that People, it's it we're a long way off. Somebody not realizing that somebody speaking to them isn't, you know, genuinely concerned because the just the the tonality of the voice and all the rest of it. And so, you know, regardless of of uh, how good it, how good AI gets, I think that that human human touch will always be necessary in in customer relationships. Good good customer relationships. I'm not saying it's can't be used for certain things, but no, I totally agree. I think uh, use I, AI I, for efficiency. I, I happily stand corrected yeah. in, when AI suddenly takes off and they get quantum computing and we're all uh, and and but there you go. Well, well oh, yes, we're by all more. means, yes. <laughs> but it is not. You see, so I don't see that as a threat because in customer service, you need to have resonance. You yeah. need to have empathy. You need to have emotion. And how many times have we seen customers? be frustrated because they've been through a chatbot, they've been through an IVR, they've been through an AI trying to fix a concern when again and again, they just put in their keyboard, agent, control V, control C, control V, agent, enter, agent, enter. They really don't want to listen to the chatbot anymore. I've seen that happen many a times. And the reason why I say that is because I'm one of those people, I hate chatbots trying to resolve my concerns. I want a human being to tell me why is it that my credit card has a different information than what I've registered before. Yep. And they decided that an AI would try to resolve my concern. Well, it did not sit too well with me. <laughs> so, no. um, you know, I think that AI is definitely useful in terms of efficiency, executing tasks and doing some things. It's something that is definitely useful, but I think it's a matter of timing and a matter of where it belongs. And I don't think that in this juncture, it still is not ready for customer service just yet. And I don't think that it's going to be ready in the next hundred years or so, <laughs> which by the time I'm dead, I'm six feet underground or I'm ashes somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea. So, you know, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Cool. I, am, I I could literally talk to you all day long. Um, this is this has been uh, very enjoyable. and um, But unfortunately, I'm going to have to draw this to a close. But I do want to leave you with with uh, a final question if i may um the Absolutely. title title of this podcast is systemize your success but what exactly does success mean to you 
Success to me is when I feel of genuine happiness because I think that's all we ever want to be at some point. We do all sorts of crazy things that stress us out. We do, we work ourselves out so hard because what we want to be is to be able to afford the things or have the things that would make us happy. I think that when I, when, when I get success is ultimately to just be happy. Pursuit of happiness is what it is. That's how I define success. Good answer. And a great way to finish. Thank you so very much. Indeed. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. These were great questions. And if anyone else has any other follow-up questions out of curiosity, like specific tools, and, and that I'd be happy to sit down with them on a call and really go over those tools that I can recommend them in terms of processes. And if you have any questions about technicalities, about reports, happy to sit down and answer and really um, share anything. I therefore um, would also like to include this podcast by giving my solemn oath that I will not try to hard sell support Zebra unless you give me the permission to do so and unless I see that you're definitely fit. <laughs> but if you just yes. simply want a conversation, educational conversation, I'm here for that. Fantastic. <laughs> Daniel, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out? Absolutely. Um, I am available on LinkedIn. Just look me up, um, Daniel Viduya. Um, we could also put a hyperlink to that um, in the post later. Um, I'm also available through email. I'd be happy to give my email address. And um, there's also the um, booking link on our website. Fantastic. Okay. And, and just in case anyone is interested, is Daniel Viduya is V-I-D-U-Y-A. Cool. Daniel, it has been a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed this. And I've, uh, I, I, this, this, I had notes that I actually haven't had time to go back to. So I literally could, could record a whole other podcast with you. But anyway, um, I think we've covered some fantastic stuff. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, I'm sure we will be speaking again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Steve. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.